Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode Zero for Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast. Thank you all for downloading this. Now, as I'm recording this, I'm currently having some problems with iTunes reading my RSS feed, but that just might be because I only have the promo up so far. Hopefully, by the time this is posted, it has been fixed, and you are all able to download from iTunes and not just from my Tumblr site. And in case that is true, and you would like to now go to my Tumblr site, it is at resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. No spaces. Now, I'm sure you all have several questions, such as, who are you? Why episode zero and not one? Who is Adam Warlock and who created him? Where can I find him now? And what will you be covering with this podcast? And hopefully I'll be able to answer all these questions in this episode. In fact, let's start with... Why episode zero, not one? Well, to be fair, I am actually blatantly stealing this idea um, from John M. Wilson with his podcast, Avengers Inspirations. He did episode zero, or pilot episode with that one. And basically, the point is to just give you a quick overview of who I am, what I want to do with this podcast, like the questions I said, who is Adam Warlock, who created him, etc., etc., And those things will be answered briefly during the course of the regular show, but this way you have a nice one-stop shop for to answer all these questions in full. Okay, so as for who am I, my name is Al Sedano. I am a resident of New Jersey, which is in the United States, in case we have any international listeners here. So I've been a resident of New Jersey for about the past 30 years. I'm currently in my 30s, and I live with my fiancé and turtle and dog and you might hear her voice occasionally in the background depending if I do a recording when she's home and you also might hear the dog if he just needs he decides he needs to go out then or is hungry or just bored and wants attention the most you would probably hear from the turtle is if my microphone picks up the noise from his filter in the background because he really doesn't make much noise so since this is a going to be a comic book podcast might be a good idea to go over my background with comics and podcasts. I've been reading comics since 1987, with only a few gaps in reading due to budget reasons, basically. Uh, Originally, I had an uncle back then who worked in recycling, and for somehow that translated into him being able to bring home used comics from his job. That's the best I remember. Don't ask, ask me exactly how that worked. It's the best I can remember from over 25 years ago. Um, when I came over to whatever I would go over to his house, he knew I liked to read a lot, so he'd always let me take several comics home. And eventually I realized that I could actually go out and buy new comics as opposed to just getting picking from what he had. So the first comic I actually went and bought was Power Pack number 31 from Marvel. And from there I branched out to reading Uncanny X-Men and New Mutants. So this would be right around the time of the Mutant. Not Mute Massacre, sorry, Fall of the Mutants. In fact, the first issue both I picked up was the last issue of Fall of the Mutants Reach. So that was what? Uh, Uncanny X-Men 227 and New Mutants 61. And since I'm going to assume that most people listening to this are comic readers, you will know, of course, that you don't stop there. And my reading increased to include books not just from Marvel, but from DC, Dark Horse, Image, and a lot of other publishers. Now, currently, due to space and budgeting reasons, I am still reading comics, but I only pick up a few from a store in physical form. Most of the books I read are in digital, since 
you can buy them well I mean price wise not so much I mean, but you can get good sales but there's mostly because there's a zero need for storage alright unlike with comics I don't really have an exact date of when I started listening to podcasts I know one of the earliest podcasts I started listening to was Kevin Smith's Smodcast which started in 2007 and I started listening pretty early on so I would say 2007 is a good guess like with comics one podcast led the listening to another and then I would hear about a promo for another on there and another and another and it would just quickly balloon out I currently listen to too many podcasts but I can't really complain about having an abundance of free entertainment alright so now that I have the basics about me out of the way let's get on to the subject of the show Adam Warlock in case you had forgotten now Adam was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby back in 1967 and first appeared in a two-part story in Fantastic Four 66 and 67 and then about two years later in four issues of Thor uh, 163 to 166 originally he was called him instead of Adam Warlock and he had a much very basic look and personality uh, his look was well basically if you've ever seen Rocky Horror Picture Show picture Rocky keep the blonde hair make his skin gold and you have Adam Warlock as he first appeared as him that he just wore a pair of briefs muscular you know very big and muscular just like Rocky gold skin blonde hair and as him he pretty much also had a personality like Rocky he was innocent and unknowing the world around him he really had no personality actually he was a brand new created being and was a very much a blank slate which I think worked well because the next time he appeared after the issues of Thor he kind of had was uh, revised a bit in the second evolution of life he uh, which came out in the early 70s courtesy of Roy Thomas and Gil Kane he was actually given a name Adam Warlock and for once he well, wore clothes but also actually developed a bit of a personality and actually had a purpose to his life he was now the protector of counter-earth and in fact wasn't even used so much as a protector like let's say Superman or any other superhero but he was more used as a allegory for a messiah type character for counter-earth and after doing basically the two things that messiahs are required to do he left counter earth and once again entered limbo for a few more years in the mid 70s Adam returned in yet his third incarnation and by yet another classic comic creator Jim Starlin uh, not many characters actually could survive this way this many changes to the the core basic of their character I mean we go from the blank slate of him to the Messiah allegory to what I'm about to tell you is the Jim Starlin version of the character but I believe that one of the reasons that Adam was able to survive this is because his basic core was nothing he had no core character there was no you can't go back to basics of who the character is his basic was a blank slate so he is the perfect character to keep trying to you know try new things out on I think and for them to say well let's try this way let's try this because there's no way to ruin the character you know if Batman you can go with well let's make him a criminal well that kind of ruins what Batman's supposed to be at the core you know with Superman we could say well let's make him a bully but that kind of ruins the core of Superman 
or you know, Spider-Man. The core was the great power with comes great responsibility. You could take that away a little bit, but only if it's the point of the story is to emphasize that. Adam Warlock has no basic like that, so creators were free to go nuts as they wished. And obviously, as you're about to see from what his third incarnation was, completely different from his uh, allegory Messiah on Counter Earth. Jim Starlin changed him into basically a paranoid schizophrenic. Sorry, suicidal paranoid schizophrenic. And ironically enough, this is a, basically the most popular version of Adam Warlock, and this is the one that most people seem to want to come back to. So if you think Spidey has it tough, the status quo that people always want to come back to for Adam Warlock is paranoid suicide schizophrenic. Gotta love it. This went on for a couple years, and then in the early 80s, Adam died. Again. And wasn't seen for about 14 years until 1991's Infinity Gauntlet. And he was brought back by Jim Starlin, so appropriately enough, since that's the person who was most famous for using him, and also the person who killed him last. And then Adam, for the most part, has been around since then. After Infinity Gauntlet, he had his own series, Warlock and the Infinity Watch which lasted for about 42 issues. I believe Jim Starlin wrote the entire run. When that ended, he had a few appearances when Marvel bought the Ultraverse line in the title Rune, and then had a miniseries or two, and came back again during the Annihilation Space Saga from Marvel, and was a main character for the most part for the 25 issues run of Guardians of the Galaxy from the early 2000s, the one that was written by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, and that's the last time we saw him, so he's been missing for a few years. He is due to come back, and I'm sure that once he does come back, we will also cover the new issues that Adam is appearing in. So we've now covered uh, why episode zero, and who I am, and who Adam is. Let's just go into it briefly, just in case somebody doesn't know. I mean, again, I'm going to assume you're all comic readers, so you probably know all, all five of the creators I mentioned earlier. But just in case you don't, let's do a quick brief synopsis of them. Okay, first off, Stan Lee. Stan Lee was the co-creator of Adam Warlock along with Jack Kirby, and is credited, I guess you could say, as writer slash co-plotter for Fantastic Four, especially in those first ten years. Stan Lee is probably the most well-known, actually not probably, Stan Lee is the most well-known of all five of those creators to the world. Chances are a lot of people that you know who have no, never read comics know him. Stan Lee's appeared on a couple episodes of The Big Bang Theory. Stan Lee has a couple of reality contest shows on the Sci-Fi channel and stuff like Stan Lee's Superhumans and Who Wants to Be a Superhero. Stanley also has a cameo appearance in the majority of the Marvel movies, and most people know to look for him. Stanley started working for Marvel back when it was called Timely Comics in the 40s. He was one of the youngest people there. He's the nephew of the publisher, Martin Goodman. And in the early 60s, along with artist Jack Kirby, helped co-create pretty much every Marvel comic character that is known around the world. He created the original X-Men which is Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Iceman, Beast, and Angel. So I should say he co-created with all these, of course. None of these he created on his own. He co-created them all. He co-created the Fantastic Four. He co-created the Incredible Hulk. Hulk, Iron Man, Daredevil, Black Widow, 
Hawkeye. The list goes on and on. Jack Kirby was the penciler for those issues of Fantastic Four that Adam Warlock first appeared in, and therefore his co-creator, and at the bare minimum was a co-plotter for Fantastic Four, depending on who you believe about him. He possibly was the plotter for Fantastic Four for a good majority of the issues he worked on. I am not going to get into the Jack Kirby Stanley debate. I think they are both great and legendary creators, and I prefer to think for the most part that they are co-plotters. Sometimes Stan did more, maybe. Sometimes Jack did more. I'm just leaving it as co-plotters, and that's where I stand on that. Anyway, Jack Kirby was a comic penciler since the golden age of comics. In fact, he is one of the co-creators of Captain America from 1940 or 41 when Cap first appeared. He's also creator or co-creator of the Guardian for DC, the Newsboy Legion. And then in the 60s with Stan Lee, co-created the vast majority of the Marvel characters. The original X-Men, the Hulk. I believe he did Ant-Man slash Giant-Man and the Wasp. Hawkeye, I think it was Hawkeye, the Fantastic Four at the bare minimum at least. Either way, the majority of characters from Marvel Silver Age comics were co-created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. The next two creators to handle Adam Warlock were Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. Roy Thomas was the writer and Gil Kane was the penciler. Roy Thomas is famous for being basically Stanley's first successor as editor and in chief of Marvel and as well as being the person not the first other writer to handle Marvel comics after Stan because there were a few other people who wrote Marvel even in the very beginning uh, Larry Lieber for one and Jerry Siegel's another who did a few stories but Roy Thomas is famous for being the first writer to take over long term after Stan would leave certain titles he took over he's known for taking over uh, Spider-Man after Stan finally left also X-Men and Avengers and in fact his X-Men and Avengers runs are pretty well are considered pretty iconic his Avengers run includes writing the Kree Scroll War and he had two runs on X-Men in the 60s before it was canceled the first time his second run on X-Men was from issues somewhere in the mid-50s through issue 66 when it was ended with artist Neil Adams and is still considered a landmark of the time he was also known for helping Marvel get the license for Conan the Barbarian and bringing Conan to comics and helping to start the sword and sorcery trending comics and finally also creating alter ego fanzine back when he was still a fan in the early 60s before he started writing professionally and alter ego fanzine is still being published today by Tomorrow's Press. The penciler Gil Kane had a career that started earlier than Roy Thomas's, which went started in the 40s and continued on into his death in the 90s. Gil Kane has uh, worked on a lot of titles. There's way too many to just narrow down a few of them, like all these other creators, actually. We're just going to do a couple highlights. He is the co-creator for DC for the Silver Age versions of Green Lantern and The Atom, a.k.a. Hal Jordan and Ray Palmer. For Marvel, he helped co-create Iron Fist and Morbius the Living Vampire. And he's also well known for his run penciling Amazing Spider-Man, which included the famous death of Gwen Stacy. The final major creator that handled Adam Warlock and shaped who he is is Jim Starlin. Uh, Jim Starlin is a writer-artist who started working in the 70s. He's well known for his cosmic tales and space opera. Besides revamping Adam Warlock and Captain Marvel, he created or co-created Thanos, Drax the Destroyer, Gamora, 
Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu for Marvel, and for DC, the Superman villain Mongol. He also was the creator for one of Marvel's first original graphic novels, Death of Captain Marvel, which came out in, I believe, 82, and in fact it's one of the few comic book deaths that are still lasting till now. He also is a writer on Batman Death in the Family, which killed Jason Todd, the second Robin, and the writer for Cosmic Odyssey, the miniseries that uh, saw Green Lantern John Stewart fail and a lot of the planet Xanthi, I believe it is, to explode. And funny enough is that these things seem to last for a long time. Captain Marvel was still dead in Marvel. Uh, Jason Todd Robin was dead up until a couple years ago. And as far as I know, even with the New 52, the destruction of the planet Xanthi and Jon Stewart's failure to save it still is part of canon. Any other creators that work on Adam Warlock besides these five, we will worry about if we when we get to them and if it's worth mentioning much about them we will or i will so now to what i'm actually going to cover in the podcast i'm going well my plan is to start episode one cover working on fantastic Four sixty six. we're gonna i'm gonna write it ready and take a look at it and see what's about see how it affects adam what happens to him in there any changes except and we're gonna do that for all of his appearances. Each episode, we'll do cover another issue in the saga of Adam Warlock. And just in case you do want to read along, the first six episodes will be covering Fantastic Four 66 and 67, and then Thor 163 through 166. So here's where you can find those issues in case you don't own the originals. Fantastic Four 66 and 67 were both reprinted in Marvel's Greatest Comics 49 and 50, which is a old Marvel reprint series that was done in, I think, the late 60s, early 70s, so chances are those issues might even be worth a couple bucks. You also can find them in Marvel Masterworks, The Fantastic Four, Volume 7, and I believe it's Volume 7 for both the hardcover and trade paperback version. They are in, if you don't mind reading in black and white, Essential Fantastic Four in Volume 4. And you can also get them digitally, either on the 44 Years of Fantastic Four DVD, the Fantastic Four Silver Surfer, the Complete Collection DVD-ROM, or you can read them online if you subscribe to Marvel's Digital Comics Unlimited, which is actually how I am going to be reading all six of these issues. The Thor issues can be found reprinted in Marvel Masterworks Thor Volume 8, Essential Thor Volume 3, and again digitally on Marvel's Digital Comics Unlimited. Now, I know Adam has had a few brief TV appearances on the Superhero Squad and the Silver Surfer TV show, as well as in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, I will probably cover those at some point, but right now I'm not worrying about them. There are a few other podcasts I'd like to thank for helping me to get this done. I would like to thank the guys at the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. Not only did they allow me to promote my show on their Facebook page, but in their most recent episode, uh, which is number 277, they actually spent a couple minutes talking about it. So I'd like to thank them for the shout-out. I'd like to thank John M. Wilson with Avengers Inspirations. He actually reposted the information about the show on his own personal Facebook page, and also in episode 13 of his show, Avengers Inspirations, played by promo. Also, I'd like to thank both podcasts, Raging Bullets and Tales from the Lawn Box. Both of them allowed me to promote my show on their Facebook pages. 
And finally, the show The Fantastic Cast, which covers the early issues of The Fantastic Four. I realized that they were getting up to the mid to late 50s of The Fantastic Four issues and would be covering the Adam Warlock issues soon. And it helped give me a push to get myself started before their episodes came out and I heard them and probably wouldn't do it then. <laughs> so thanks to all of them for their help, encouragement, whether they realized it was there or not. All these shows are well worth checking out. You can find all these shows on iTunes. Just type in the show names, as I said. Or you can go to the, directly to their websites. Legion of Substitute Podcasters can be found at paulfrench.ca slash LOSP. Avengers Inspirations can be found on the complete Marvel Reading Order website under podcasts. Just go to cmro.travis, T-R-A-V-I-S, hyphen starns. S-T-A-R-N-E-S dot com Raging Bullets can be found at RagingBullets dot com Tales from the Long Box can be found at Tales from the Long Box dot com And finally Fantastic Cast can be found at FFCast dot Libsyn dot com I think that should cover it for episode zero I believe I've answered all the questions I plan on answering Who am I? Who is Adam? who are some of the major creators who worked on them, and what I'm going to be doing with the podcast. At least I hope I've answered them for your satisfaction. And I hope my insane ramblings weren't too annoying and didn't go on too long. This has been Resurrections, and Adam Warlock podcast, episode zero. Opening music is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise. And closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the blog page. Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast is a fandom project, and I in no way or shape or form own or have any rights to Adam Warlock, the Fantastic Four, Thanos, Mongol or any of the characters mentioned herein. They're either uh, copyright Marvel or DC Comics, depending on who owns the copyright for them. I make no money in any shape whatsoever for doing this show. Please join me again on February 16th for episode one of the show. We'll be covering Fantastic Four 66, What Lurks Behind the Beehive. in the throat. Well, that's an outtake.